gentlemen what's going on you're listening to another episode of the brother hut what's going on bro well i'm here with my my good friend my bro that brother's name is brother brandon berg <laughs> yes it is <laughs> thank you that brother's name is brother vince mary air quotes Vinny carrasco ofm cap how you doing brother Vinny? doing well man doing well i'm happy to be here happy to you know be- how i'm doing how you doing bro how are you Man, I'm having the best. I'm having the best day ever. You always having the best day ever, man. That's why come I didn't ask because I, I knew know. you were having the best day ever. <laughs> I know everybody. That's knows, don't even ask Brandon Berg. Don't ask him. Just it, it's just a given. He know he's having the best day ever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thanks be to God. Yeah, life is good. I'm here in Denver, Colorado. The snow is falling outside. We got about. Eh, I think we're up to about two and a half, maybe almost three inches. That's cool, man. So, well, yeah. Well, listen, man. Cold. I'm glad. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're making this happen. We're back in the Brother Hut Studios. It's good to see your face, man. We are, and we're happy our listeners, thank you to our faithful listeners, are here with us again, yes. joining us. We're on episode 31 you, as we speak. So, yeah, we're trucking along. It's a. Uh, this is in our uh, our third calendar year now. Started in 2019. Made it through 2020, and we're on to 2021. 2021, so. <laughs> that's right. What you guys do for I New know. Year's, Can you man? Can believe it? Well, I can't. I can't. I know. It's crazy. Uh, what do we do for New Year's? Yeah. I was, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Did you have that much to drink? <laughs> no, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, I, I remember. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's coming back now. We prayed the rosary from 10 to 11. And then nice. from 11 to midnight, we had uh, Vespers, uh, not Vespers, we had Adoration with like an extended um, um, office of readings. Yeah. Where we, we did some like extra chanting and readings about, because uh, New Year's Day is the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Mm, yes, that is correct. So that was our big thing. And then we had a little, uh, some snacks and some drinks. After midnight, after so it was midnight. pretty quiet, but it was good. That's cool. Right on, bro. Do you remember New Year's Eve? What'd y'all do? Well, I was in Mexico for New Year's Eve. If you remember, um, oh, that's right. No, nah, it was cool. I got uh, the the cool thing about being in Mexico at that time is like everybody brings stuff, bro. I think I talked about it in the episode. Mm-hmm. So like, they brought all kinds of goodies and snacks and. Bonuelos and oh, yeah. all that good stuff, and but we had a we had a uh-huh. we had a mass around seven. We had a, okay a evening prayer with mass, and there was a family that joined us, and it was one guy who was playing the piano, like during the mass because we were in the in the friary, and bro, he had an amazing voice like opera. It was awesome. incredible, but yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, so. now it's already. The fourth week in January, so, man, time is going by. Well, we did our last episode together in Amarillo, Texas, so that was fun. It's good to be together again in the Mobile Brotherhood Studios, so. 
Now we're back again. The Mobile Brotherhood Studios. So, <laughs> yesterday was a good day for me. I got back on the bicycle. Uh huh. So you know, I love to ride a bicycle, especially here in in Colorado. It's very bike friendly culture. Very uh, good place to be outdoors. Oh yeah. And I had had a problem with the back tire. And Brother Jesse helped me fix it. And then I tried to ride that. I tried to put air in the front tire, and something happened with the stem where it wouldn't work right, so the, all the air came out. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so then I had to, then I ordered some new tubes. Anyway, so yesterday I finally got it fixed. I put it all back together, and I rode for like about 45 minutes, and it was glorious. Bro, that sounds incredible. So, so if you yeah. guys, actually, that's this is a good question, bro, because I have, I have, a, I have a question, and I think it's, it's, it's a great one, but, um, uh brandon berg you had you had sort of a uh we're recording on saint it's it's this it's a feast of uh the conversion of saint paul and you had a little saint paul moment on the bicycle a couple years back right what happened bro what are you doing oh, on a bike again man. what happened saint paul <laughs> so Bra- brandon berg was on a in a bike accident was in the hospital for like three days got hit by a no. got hit by a <laughs> what you, you got hit by a truck but you saw the light of christ and, yeah what happened, bro? What happened? <laughs> no, it was it was powerful. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know if it was like Saint Paul powerful, but um, yeah, I was crossing uh, Santa Fe Boulevard here in Denver. There's four lanes going north and four lanes going south, and there was a uh, two of the lanes going north were full of cars, and the other two were empty, and there was a dump truck, and it, only half of its brakes worked, and it was overloaded. So it didn't stop at the red light. Oh, it just came man. through. And I was crossing. I was going uh, to the east. Yeah. And so I'm pedaling, and I'm wa- I have to watch traffic that's turning. So I'm watching that traffic to make sure they see me. And then I look up, and here comes the dump truck. <laughs> oh, so, I, of course, I hit the brakes, and I tried to stop and turn. So I hit the dump truck, like, right. If you were going to get into it to drive it, uh-huh. I hit, like, right behind the driver's door. Dang, right. And I sort of like bounced off or something. I'm not exactly sure how, but like my bike just got doop, just got twisted in tube. Luckily, I didn't get run over or anything, and I sort of like bounced off of it. But then the dump truck hit a car, and that car spun out of control, and it hit a car. Oh, so it was a whole dang, scene, bro. Yeah, and the ambulance came, and I, I did get to ride in the ambulance. You got to ride in the ambulance in the hospital for. Right. I was only in the hospital for like two hours. Oh, I thought it was two days. Uh, no, they oh, did an okay. x-ray, and they didn't see anything broken, so they just gave me some pain medication, and they gave me, um, no, Augustine brought the crutches, but they wrapped it up for me real nice and everything. Oh, man. Put ice on it for me and stuff. So. Yeah, that could have been but a then lot it, worse. it didn't get better in like a week, so I went to see my regular doctor here in Denver, and he did another uh, x-ray, and it did show that I had a small fracture. Uh-huh. So that was where I had to wear the boot. I had to wear the boot for six weeks. You had to wear the boot. So, oh man, yeah, that that boot, could have been so. a way way worse. Yep. That is crazy, We're, man. It could have been yes. And now you're in the Brotherhood Studios. Of, <laughs> I was pretty scared of bike riding because once I moved to Texas, I was like, oh man, San Antonio is not really very bike friendly, so I didn't hardly ride at all. Yeah, it's not. But uh, yeah, now that I'm back in Colorado, I I, I felt good yesterday to. To get the bike ready and rolling, so that's neat, man. Bike ready and rolling, but yeah, those things happen, you know, where um, 
unexpected moments that uh, can kind of uh, change our course of events. Because I was supposed to go the next day on the uh, Chimayo retreat, uh, the pilgrimage. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I didn't go, so I missed it. I still haven't been. Wow. What about you, Brother Vinny? You ever had any near-death accident experiences? E. Conversion? Not that I can think of. Knocked off well, your... Knocked to the ground? Knocked to the ground. E man. No, I can't think of anything. <laughs> well, that's good. They're kind of scary. Yeah, I've so. never been hit by a car, that's for sure. <laughs> Me neither. I got hit by a dump truck. I got a dump truck. <laughs> I never been hit by a dump truck. Check that off the list, bro. Yeah, but no, right, yeah. But it is. <laughs> Don't even put that on. I the mean, list. It, it is kind of cool though, because it was it was a little bit of a. I mean, there's. I don't know. I, it sounds like a St. Paul moment, you know, where it's like, all right, you like that sort of thing can wake you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, he was headed in run one direction, and then he ended up going the other direction. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to tie us into the topic for the day, which is <laughs> there you go conversion. Want to introduce to our listeners the necessity of conversion, converting our hearts to the Lord, seeking His will, seeking His love, uh, in a way where we know God, love Him, and serve Him in this life and in the next. But um, yeah, man, and I think it, it'd, it'd be good to to go into maybe some key elements and what's necessary for a life of conversion um based on our experience so yeah well yeah so i guess sort of let's start with the inspiration was um the the feast day of the conversion of saint paul yeah uh in the catholic church and yeah i was just inspired by reading his story again in uh the two two different accounts of paul's conversion in the book of acts and yeah, just thinking about conversion in my own life and in your life, I know we've made uh, different choices to follow the Lord and try and go closer, grow closer. Yeah. But I guess I'll just jump in with the 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 last part of the story really stood out to me. So after Paul is knocked down and sees the light, uh, and then he's blinded, but then they take him into Damascus. And then a certain man named Ananias is uh, commanded by God to go and speak to him. And Ananias gets to him and he says, Saul, my brother, regain your sight. And then Paul says, and at that very moment, I regained my sight and saw him. So then Ananias tells Paul, the God of our ancestors designated you to know his will, to see the righteous one and hear the sound of his voice. For you will be his witness before all. Get up, have yourself baptized, and your sins washed away, calling upon his name. Mm. So yeah, just thinking about how like amazing that must have been for Paul to to meet uh, in such a powerful way the the very person he was persecuting, because he says, "Who are you?" And he says, "I'm Jesus Christ, the one you're persecuting." So I think Paul uh, was very. It must have been a very humbling moment on his conversion. But the things that really stood out to me at the where the end there were about uh, where Ananias says that Paul is designated to know God's will, uh, designated to know His will, to see the righteous one and hear the sound of His voice. So, yeah, one of in my own conversion, it's like something that's helped me. That's been a big point of conversion for me is uh, knowing 
that I'm known and chosen and beloved by God, like as his own very son. Um, just with my family uh, dynamic of not having a father around much. And my mom's obviously a holy woman, great woman. Um, and I know God's love through her. But uh, having also that love come from the Father, from God the Father, and stepping into that sort of uh, the baptism of Jesus has been a big uh, spiritual turning point for me lately, um, where the skies open up, the skies rip open, the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove, and the voice says, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. So I kind of felt like this is what happened to Paul, where God says he's the one designated He's the one chosen. He's the one beloved by God. And he has to have this experience to know it and to hear his voice and to have people help him out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for for me, that's the big one big point of conversion is uh, designated, uh, knowing that you're chosen and beloved and designated by God for some special role that no one else can fulfill. Ooh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So definitely we see that in Paul. Nobody else uh, did as much uh, missionary work, and nobody else could have done it quite the way he did. Yeah. No. What about you, Brother Vinny? How's, uh, how's the story of Paul speaking about you to conversion? Well, I think that's a good one, though. I mean, well, I like the way you said, like, you know, you're highlighting designated, you know, uh, like we have to know that we're designated by God, mm. you know, and to have that experience uh with him is a capability is uh like it's there for us you know i think a lot of times we forget that as people you know it's mm, covered sure. by yeah it's covered by whether you know doubt or shame or fear but yeah i think it's easy to forget that god has designated each one of us um to live lives that are converted toward him you know but no i think of absolutely St. Paul and I and the part cuz um the part I was I was going back on my old bloggy my blog it in blog it out blog it shake it blog it shout <laughs> But now man just going back to my old blog and old posts you know and uh, it's always been pretty fruitful for me to go back and read what I posted what That's I've experienced cool. before you know But yeah one of the things that stood out to me whenever I was looking at conversion, old posts, was detachment. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed to be very, very powerful, uh, you know, then and now. Sure. But um, I was just thinking about the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, when the rich man comes to visit Jesus. Okay. And Say more. the Gospel says, for, well, Jesus is promoting the kingdom. You know, help helping the 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 rich man. But Jesus starts walking in the gospel, you know, and the rich man comes up to him and falls on his knee before Jesus, falls on his knees. And he asks Jesus, What must I do to inherit the eternal life? You know. And uh Jesus says, Well, why do you call me good? Nobody's good except the Father, you know. And Jesus starts, you know, iterating the commandments, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, you know, all those things. And the rich man says, I've done all of that. You know, what else, what else must I do? And the Gospel of Mark writes, you know, describes Jesus as looking Mm -hmm. at the man, like a gaze. Jesus Mm -hmm. looks at this man Mm -hmm. and loved him. 
and he says, there's one more thing. Go sell and go sell what you have and uh, give give what you have to the poor and then come follow me. But for me, it speaks of detachment, you know, it speaks of, you know, letting things go within our lives. But even more, also, when we do that, um, you know, Jesus is there like looking at us. We're able to see the face of God. We're able to you know, dwell on him in the midst of that detachment, you know, and I think the beautiful thing about, um, you know, taking a vow of poverty is like a lot of people ask us, you know, uh, what does it mean to give up things, you know, like what does it mean to live a vow of poverty? And I think that's what it is, you know, like we have this vow of uh, poverty and a vow of sort of detachment from, you know, various relationships detachment from things detachment from you know a life of esteem and prestige you know but there's a freedom in that in the sense where you know it allows us to it opens us up into into a life of christ where we're able to see god face to face and you know i love that scripture scripture in mark but for me detachment is a big one you know i think it's necessary for a, a life of conversion we're stripping ourselves you know interior detachment exterior detachment in order to come to the gaze of christ you know but for me yeah it's been very powerful and i'm still working at that of course you know <laughs> nice yeah and then the second one for me is um i think prayer very powerful very important in order to live converted lives is necessary you know you think about seeking god or loving god or knowing god being in a relationship with god you know you can't do any of that unless you're not praying with god you know spending time with him you know mm. well said. and for me that's the gaze of jesus you know Absolutely. where does jesus gaze upon you you know and for me it's it's in the midst of detachment uh, yeah. in the midst of prayer when we're spending time with him you know so those two things are very powerful for me, detachment and prayer. But well said. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah, I like the way you described detachment as more um not just money or not just physical things, but yeah, also like spiritually and yeah, even, you know, having to move away from your family or you know, having to yeah, just move on to a different part of life just not being attached to the way things are but yeah willing to open up for something new for the lord uh-huh beautiful yeah thanks man yeah and i like your that description of prayer too that helps me that makes me think about um you know like where do where does jesus see us where can jesus really look at me you know where can i feel his love where can i see him mm-hmm. you know where can we have where can he lead me to greater detachment and uh yeah definitely prayer is the is the place to do that um mm-hmm. yeah i guess i i was thinking about yeah his eyes like looking at me i guess i probably haven't prayed like that in quite some time like like really like i tend to uh i can tend to like spiritualize things like so when i pray i think about jesus like he's just off there somewhere you know and he's really good but like thinking of him right in front of me yeah 
uh, calling me to greater detachment and, mm-hmm. you know, looking at me and loving me. Um, that's powerful. It is powerful. Man. It is. Yeah. You take, I mean, yeah. that's something to spend in meditation. Like, I mean, if, if, uh, if you want to reflect on it is, is Mark 10 verse 17 to 31 or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, and it, it also reminded me cause we're doing a Christology course this semester for, um, Oh, nice. And one of the questions was at the beginning, you know, to to begin our our studies uh, was that one of the questions was, how do you see Jesus? What's your image of Jesus? You know, mm. and uh, it was it was really cool to go through the class and like everybody described, you know, what how they viewed viewed Christ. And we, there was a lot of good shepherds, you know, a lot of there was like uh, a couple, you know, sacred hearts, divine mercy, you know, okay. Um but you're right, though. It is really neat to picture Jesus Christ, you know, like gazing at us, you know, like looking mm-hmm. at us. And, you know, whether it's an, a look of like mercy, a look of like compassion and love, um, I think whatever it is, it's like it's drawing us towards like a relationship with, with Christ, you know, and that's conversion for us. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Um, yeah, I guess the, maybe we should have started with this one, but the last thing uh, I was thinking about as a necessity for conversion is, uh, having that encounter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if we, if, you know, if we look at St. Paul, like everything started on the road to Damascus Mm -hmm. because up until then he had been a Jew, he'd been very zealous for the law. Uh, he wanted the law to be lived strictly. He was a, what he calls himself like a Pharisee of Pharisees. Like he was like better (laughs) than all the other people who all they wanted to do was keep the law and be super strict. He was like the best of them. Um, and then he has this encounter uh, with Jesus who had the risen Jesus. He didn't even, you know, we don't think he ever met like, uh, the living, uh, the pre passion, death and resurrection living Jesus. He only met the, the resurrected Jesus uh, in this powerful uh, encounter on the road to Damascus and then through prayer, of course, throughout his life. But that's where everything started. Like he was going, he was going to Damascus to take Christians and to like drag them back to Jerusalem to go to court. Uh, And then everything changed. And he now becomes a follower of of the one who had started the movement that he was ready to persecute. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, I think a pro not a problem, but, um, you know, one like reality of our Catholic culture is like growing up Catholic. Uh, for me, is I kind of took some of that stuff for granted, like, oh, yeah, I know Jesus. But to really like have an encounter where you meet this person and he can change your life and move you in a new direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something else than just reading some Bible stories when you're a kid. Like that has to come through prayer. That has to come through um, people you know, leading you on different experiences, um, to have that deep encounter. And I just want to share kind of briefly, uh, one place that that's really happened to me recently, uh, like just to encourage our listeners is, um, if there's a program or a website called formed F O R M E D and it's formed.org. And it's put on mostly by the Augustan Institute, which is actually here in Denver, but it's kind of become like a Catholic Netflix where they have movies, they have books, they have talks, yeah. they have 
uh, CDs. They have like uh, short stories. They have series. They have catechetical stuff. They have stuff in Spanish and English. Like it's just, I mean, you can scroll like until your finger gets tired. Like through all this stuff, they have different speakers and all kinds of great stuff. Nice so. man. Yeah. Anyways, I, I recently listened to a talk on the power of confession uh, by Vinny Flynn, the Seven Secrets of Confession. We can link that in our show notes uh, tonight. Um, but it uh, changed the way that I go to confession. Like instead of just giving the list of the actions that I did, I got like below the list to the root causes of those actions. Mm. So uh, like things like, for example, like I'm afraid to let God love me or I'm afraid to appear uh, pious in front of other people or I don't really believe that God can fill the longings of my heart or I'm afraid to express how alone I feel sometimes. And then, so I had about 12 or 15 of those things. I spent some time in prayer and then, and then I listed. And then at the very end, I said, and these, you know, these sins have caused the actions of, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it was really powerful. My confessor, I probably should have told him what I was doing ahead of time, but I didn't. He was like shocked and he was impressed and he wants me to teach everyone how to do this. Um, So I'm kind of trying to follow his advice (laughs) to to, to spread that to people. But um, so the sort of the the two analogies, the one that you just came Uh up with uh, before the show started was like the haircut. Like usually go to the barber and he just trims a little bit off the top or the yeah. sides. But this was like shaving my whole entire head and my beard and everything starting it, from a brand shave new. Shave it all off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but like the other image I had was like if there's a bush that's overgrown and it's like close to a sidewalk. So you just trim back the bush so you can walk down the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. But I felt like this was like like cutting back the bush like all the way at the roots and like ripping the roots out of the ground. That. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to, as time unfolds, I think it's going to be a, a pretty powerful uh, step on my conversion process. Like even now as a priest and as a brother for a number of yeah. years, um, you know, deepening that experience of the Lord and deepening that experience of his mercy. And like, I really, I really, you know, sometimes we talk about that the Lord meets us in our weaknesses, mm-hmm. but like, I think, I think when I, when the way I normally go to confession, it's like the Lord meets me in my actions that I wish I hadn't done. But when, but when I really put those weaknesses forward for him in the sacrament of confession, it's like, he really, I really met him like in those weaknesses. Sure. <laughs> like it, It's kind of hard to describe, but uh, yeah, it was really powerful. Um, I'm kind of still reflecting on it. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a powerful part of conversion uh, for myself and hopefully for others. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, we'll link that in the show notes. And if, our humble listeners have time to uh, listen to that and, and maybe change the way they go to confession and continue their conversion. Amen. Amen. It's funny, man, when you were talking about the the uh, plant getting pulled back, uh, it reminded uh-huh. me of a reminded me of a story. It's a conversion story, actually. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny though. Because, yeah, it reminded me of uh, this one time we were we were um, sort of volunteered to help this one woman with her yard and we would always go and like you know trim the weeds and cut the tree cut the plants Mm -hmm. and all that and so we went it was me my brother my cousin and uh so she gave us clear instructions it was like all right just 
cut these weeds, everything right there on that corner. She, she, you know, she pointed it out. And so she went inside and we got uh -huh. to work and we started pulling the weeds we started cleaning uh -huh. it, everything, raking, all that stuff. But on the corner, there was also like a trumpet vine and that's what she called it. I don't know. And it was dead. Uh -huh. Like it was gone. It was not coming back to life. I, um, <laughs> that's my view. And so we just ripped that thing up. We took it apart. Like we just, you know, we just like threw everything in and like derooted everything. Like uh -huh. took the roots out, everything. And we, mind you, we're doing all this. This is probably, we did all this probably like in an hour and a half, like, you know. And so she uh -huh. came out like an hour and a half later and was like, oh, it looks really good. You know, like you guys want some water. And then she, it took her a while and she finally realized her trumpet plant was gone. <laughs> Uh oh. Yeah, and she was like, What are you doing? That's my trumpet plant. It grows back. Like, I'm sorry. You know, so I never cut weeds again after that. No. <laughs> I know Charles that was a conversion, bro. <laughs> but it was funny. You a conversion away from gardening. Yeah. Huh? But no, it reminded me of that. So that's my conversion story. You asked for a conversion story at the beginning. That's my. No. I did. There you go. Well done. Uh -huh. Well done. We got there. That's cool. But <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Where's my trumpet button? <laughs> so just to recap, man, um Brandon Bird, you mentioned so we got four necessities for uh living the life of conversion. We're gonna put them back on the table. Uh just remembering to that God would uh you wanna recap your two? Sure. Yeah, so the two words are designated and encounter so knowing that we're designated chosen and beloved by the lord for something special not because of what we do but because that he had created us out of love and then having uh an encounter with the lord with the resurrected living lord that gives us new direction nice so those are yeah. one and two brother Vinny, recount for me your two points and three and four is um detachment it's necessary for us to detach ourselves from the uh, vices of uh, sin, uh, the allurements of sin, and just detach yourselves. Uh, and then I was looking at going back to uh, Mark 10, verse 17, 31. How Jesus calls us into detachment to let go of, of uh, those things, exterior things, interior things of our life. All those things that keep us from living uh, with God. Um and when we do that, when we're, we're we're freeing ourselves and we're also allowing God to look into us, you know, we're allowing God to, mm. to gaze upon us um, and, and we're free to look at Jesus Christ with that same gaze. And so number four I have is a prayer. Extremely important to live a life of prayer day and night. Um, just spend time with God in the silence, um, in the quiet as often as you can. Um seeking god knowing god loving god and uh that is necessary for a life of conversion and i think through time yeah w we can get there you know amen well that's the thing i think about conversion is it's uh, sometimes we can reduce it to a moment right but it has to be uh has to be ongoing uh, it should be it can be it uh i think it's better if it is a daily thing daily seeking to grow closer uh, daily turning away from um, you know anything that holds us back from doing the Lord's will. Amen. 
Amen. Well, I would like to give a shout out to my brother Vinny. Hey, my brother Vinny, my co-host of the Brother Hut. And if any listeners out there happen to not know yet, Brother Vinny has an album out available ow. on iTunes, available on Spotify. You got it up on YouTube. It's, yep, it's on YouTube actually. I got. Yeah. Um, so just search for what the brother Vince Mary, right? Bro Vince, Br Mar Vince, yes, Mary. sir. Br Vince Mary, and um, Br Vince Mary yeah. on your favorite streaming and music platform. Just to let our listeners know, I jammed it out for about an hour yesterday. Oh, it's, what's about twenty five minutes? Really? Yeah, it's about it's twenty twenty five thirty minutes. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I think I got through about four times yesterday, just letting it play. It's uh, it's very prayerful. It's very thoughtful. Uh, it's well put together, and uh, I want to hear more about it in the future. So shout out to my co-host and, and uh, published artist now on your favorite streaming platform. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And uh, I got another shout out to my friend Roger, who lives there in San Antonio. Roger's been checking us out lately, following you on Twitter. And uh, he was I think he was going to go to that Worship on the River, but he couldn't make it. But he hopes to see you and your musical powers there in san antonio so. ah nice right on bro yeah, that's what i got we give some shout outs brother thanks Vinny. a lot man i appreciate it well shout out to brandon berg man. shout out to you bro no thanks a lot i appreciate <laughs> it it feels really good yeah. to finally get the music out and i'm um, happy that yeah, i'm happy. So happy i've, I've gotten some good feedback so you know I'm, I'm just super happy and blessed and that god is using the gift you know to to, to glorify himself glorify god um but no, I want to shout out to to Lance Hoke, former friar mm. and a uh, great musician who helped uh, put me help, to help put the project together with all the mixing and the mastering and stuff. Shout out to uh my my little brother Nick for encouraging me, for Ronnie here encouraging me, every you Brandenburg for encouraging me. Um so yeah, I appreciate it, man. So but yes, sir. Yeah, We'll talk about it more in the future. All right, bum brother. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Thank you, listeners. God bless y'all. All right, guys. See you on the path of conversion. See you on the path of conversion. God bless us, the brother Hut. We're checking out. Peace. Peace.